Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. And that's it, so let's get on with the show. This week's episode features Canadian-based illustrator and famous sports cartoonist Rob McDougall. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Rob as he basically just gave me advice on how to handle my next and really my first ever possible illustration job. I am so grateful for his input, which by the way is backed by years and years of experience in the illustration industry, so I feel pretty safe that he gives really good advice. (laughs) This guy has some stories and he knows his stuff. Having all of these standard questions planned for him, as I typically do for guests, I basically just threw them all out and we just went with the flow while staying on topic of illustration. How to price, how to get jobs, how to communicate with customers throughout the whole design process, everything. If you're thinking of illustrating a book or anything in the future, I hope this interview gives you some clarity and helps you to be a bit more prepared. And that is exactly what it did for me. I was very selfish in this. I was like, hey, I have this illustration job that might or might not happen. How do I talk to them? How, what do I price? What do I, how, like, help me? And so I'm hoping that if anybody's listening is in that same boat as well, you will get a lot of clarity on whether you should take on the job or how you should price it or literally anything. So let me know what you think of this week's episode with Rob McDougall. So if you could just start out by introducing yourself a bit and telling people a little bit about how you got into the arts and what it is you do, and then we could talk about all the amazing things you've accomplished in your art career. Well, that's a pretty big loaded question. How did I start? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think like everybody else who's actually watching this forum, um, it was probably implanted in us at a very, very young age. Uh, 
as a child, when I was like two or three years old, my mom caught me drawing with crayons on the living room wall, which immediately got me a smack in the bum, but also got me sent to the closet where she had a specific area where I could go and do all the crayon work I wanted to without uh, destroying the house. So I guess that would be my beginning. But um, I think one of the things that jump out in my youth is when you're drawing in art class or you're just drawing in general in class, um, the other kids gravitate towards you and they're looking at your drawing going, wow, man, did you do that? And that's, I think that's your immediate uh, personal, like, wow, somebody, wow, somebody sees something that I'm doing here and they like what I'm doing. So I guess that would be my first experience of realizing I had something that other people didn't. So I guess that would be my start. Now, if you actually knew me in my youth, you would think that I was nothing but um, a sports. I was consumed with hockey and lacrosse. I played hockey in the winter, lacrosse in the summer, but I lived and breathed those sports. The only time that I would actually pick up a pencil would be every three months, all of a sudden I would just pick up a pencil and start drawing and I'd go on a binge for like three months of drawing. And then I'd put the pencil down and I would never pick it up again for another three months. But that was me in my youth. Uh, none of my friends really knew that I was an artist by, you know, it was just one of those things that you, you carried in your back pocket, you knew you could draw. Uh, at least I did at that time. Yeah. Yes, and so now you do illustrations or explain, explain what it is you, you do now. <clears throat> Well, I guess I'm an illustrator, um, but I, I still have a hard time deciding what an illustrator and an artist truly is, because I think an artist is il illustrating for the rest of the world, too, maybe in their unique style. But um, I, guess, I guess I would say I'm a pencil for hire. I have people who want things done, and I, uh, I have to do it. Uh, give you a perfect example. There's a job that I'm working on right now. I just basically started it where I have a financial institution that needs 57 heads and they're going to be caricatured, but it basically um, it's the whole visual is going to explain an acquisition that was made by this financial institution by the way, it was $2 billion deal. So the minute I heard it was $2 billion, you, you can bump up your price a bit because $2 billion, I mean, what's a, what's an extra zero on your uh, quote? See if they bite, right? But um, I have been trying to follow this script this morning. And uh, one thing that I can tell you is that money people aren't funny people. And I didn't mean to rhyme, but that sounds... What do you but, mean by that? The truth is, well, because I'm reading the, um, the specs and they're explaining um, things like somebody's eating blueberries. And I'm, I'm questioning, well, why are they eating blueberries? Well, they were on a blueberry diet. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that's pretty funny. But I, I, I literally have to draw somebody 
eating blueberries and another person holding up signs and things that they don't think out. For example, they want, because it's a worldwide, uh, worldwide acquisition, uh, they want me to do a time change from North America to Europe. So they said, can you make Europe dark and make North America light to show uh, time change? And I'm like, you know, from an artistic point of view, and, you know, everybody who's watching this right now, you're an artist, but when they give you things like that to, to say, how am I going to make an image night and day and keep everybody happy? So, um, you know, a lot of things go through my head that at the end of my illustration, I could probably airbrush half the painting dark and leave the other half light and hope, hopefully they'll understand that, well, you wanted nighttime, I gave you nighttime. And this is daytime, I give you daytime. But these are the kind of questions I'm going to have to ask the client later on today because sometimes you got to pull the reins from that jockey and get on the horse yourself because <laughs> you have to explain to them that it's not going to work this way. Uh, I've been in this business for 35 years and I, I'm a picture Smith. Um, you give me the story, let me take it for a run. Let me see what I can do. Uh, one of the things I learned in uh, my art school days when I, uh, we had to take certain courses and it I had to be in an advertising course. I had no knowledge of advertising. I didn't really, I didn't think advertising. I was always thinking pictures, pictures, pictures. But I took this advertising course and I remember the first week of the course, the teacher outlined the course. And the one thing that he specified is that if you're not funny, do not try to be funny because it just doesn't work in advertising. If you're, if you're not a funny guy or a funny girl, don't try it, right? Well, here I am. I'm like cartoonist, caricatures, always trying to think of the, be the clown in the class, be the funny guy. I was thinking, wow, geez, man, he's really, he's really kiboshed me. I mean, so how am I gonna get through this course? Anyways, long story short, we had four huge assignments over the year and all four assignments that I did were humor and all four assignments won. And at the end of the year, I got offered a job at a company called TDF in Toronto um, because I won this advertising award. And I, so the, my point is, is that if you're not funny, don't try to be funny. And that's what's happening with my clients in the financial industry. Funny and money just doesn't work. Their, their sense of humor is all choreographed around the dollar. When in fact, I'm like a visual guy. If you put me in a situation, uh, tell me the story, things come to my head. And I'm sure a lot of your followers are like that. Um, you know, the minute that you see something, it tweaks something else in your head. Because artists do that. I don't know why it, why it is, but we, when we see something or hear something, it goes through our head like a computer, every, every direct direction, and it spits out through your fingers, right? Onto your, your drawing hand. So uh, 
that's my dilemma right now is is trying to do a huge job like the one thing I do know is that I'm doing caricatures like crazy for this job. Like I, what I do is I just sit down and use a tracing paper and I just keep whipping out these uh, heads of all the people that oh, are wow. be on it because, because it's what I know, right? Yeah. And um, what I also do, Andrea, to keep all the heads the same size is I'll, I'll have an ellipse one of these ellipse guides, you know, I've got one around here somewhere, but all you do is you, you draw an ellipse so you know where to start so your head doesn't get, blows up on the page so you can confine your caricatures. That's how I did them in a row. But anyways, that's the job that I'm on. It's, it's every day you're going to run into, well, this, is, this won't be every day. This is going to be like a couple of weeks because this is like 56, 57 heads. But um, every every job that comes in the door as an illustrator, usually it's the other person that has the idea yeah. of what they want. And obviously you have to, uh, you know, make them happy. And uh, that's how you survive in that aspect, you know? Where, yeah, where's the line with that? Because I was just talking to someone last night, actually, who was asking me if I would possibly want to illustrate their uh, children's book because I'd, recently posted a lot of children's type of art and so and so where's the line with that so say say i get that commission and he has an idea in his head of what his i mean what his book is is a certain thing um like for for, for a children's book how much of my style can i put into that or how much are they expecting because they're hiring me because they've seen previous work right that they like so where's the line with that well you have to make sure that the style that you're choosing uh, or they've chosen you for, you stick to that style and you agree that you're going to stick to that side. But to roll it back, um, I, it's funny, but I had a, a conversation with someone who just got asked to do a book as well. And um, it all came down to dollars and cents. And the, uh, the person at the other end that was willing to, um, have the person illustrate had a thousand dollars. That's all they had. They had a thousand dollars to do this book. And the person that was contacting me asked me, well, what should I do? And I said, well, my first thought would be to ask your client this, how much money do you make a day in your business? Now they're not going to tell you, you know, if they make $300 a day and that, 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 adds up to $1,500 a week. They're not going to tell you anything. So what you do then is that you say, well, if I'm going to do your book and it's got, let's say, 18 pages, that's going to take me three and a half weeks to do that from start to finish. That's, that's going to be 24 working days. Now think about what you make a day and what you're offering me. You want me to work 23 days for you for $1,000. And if you do the math, I, I'm getting killed here. Like you have to understand and appreciate my skill level. That's why you've called me because you need somebody to do that. Or are you just trying to find somebody that's willing to work within $1,000? And that's not me. I can't do that. So that the, the information that I was giving this person, it's it's – it's not trying to be pompous or anything. It's trying to 
you know what? You guys have worked real hard for what you do um, to, to where you've gotten. And all of a sudden, somebody's offering you something that's just ridiculously low. You know, sometimes you've just got to stand up and say, hey, this is, this is what I do. And you want me? We got we to gotta talk moolah here. Okay, yeah. Talk to I'm really glad that we're talking about price because the first thing that I thought of when they contacted me, I was like, ooh, they're not going to want to pay my price because I paint murals mostly, but I would love to illustrate yeah. a children's book. And so with murals, I mean, just to be completely like out there, like I, you know, I make eight or $95 an hour. And that's, right. to me, that's a lot. Like even just saying it, I'm just like, who? And so I just, I think going and telling them that, that I would need $95 an hour for an illustration job. I feel like they would be like deer in headlights. So how, wh like, what do you charge? Like what, what, what's a good amount to charge? I mean, and they, I know it varies and about pages. Is that like how many illustrations they want or? Well, when I was in art school, at the very end of our, our fourth year, we had a pretty interesting um, conversation with the whole group. And, and I, I, th I think it was probably one of the most beneficial things was, um, if we're an illustrator or whatever we are as artists, how do we value ourselves in, in a monetary fashion? Like, what am I worth an hour? I mean, if a mechanic is at $45 an hour and a doctor is at $300 an hour, who knows, but where, where do we fit ourselves in? And our instructor, this is, I mean, I'm going back to probably before you were born, 1985. See, I'm, I'm an old codger, but in 1985, my teacher said that you should be charging a minimum $100 an hour. Now, in that $100 an hour, we'll cover your lights, your heat, your whatever, your cost of living, your whatever's going on in your life, $100 an hour. So when you're quoting a job, and you, this is where the magician part comes in is, well, how do I know how long it's going to take me? Yeah. Like, how am I going to be able to quote a job based on $100 an hour? And I'm looking at an illustration, I'm going, hmm, maybe, I think, I think it's going to take me at least eight hours, that's 800 bucks. Then you think, well, geez, I don't think my client can afford 800 bucks. Uh, maybe, why don't you just go half and see how you do, right? That's what happens. Because you all of a sudden question your value when you're quoting a job. You know, based on your $95 an hour, I, I think that uh, that is great. I mean, because <laughs> you're, you're, climbing, you're climbing ladders, you got pails, you got everything. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going in, into this. And, and people have to realize that um, while you're on that ladder, you're thinking and you have to think and it's constant, constant decision-making and pain. So you, you're earning every cent that you're making on that, on that ladder, whatever you're doing. So I'm just saying that back in 1985, he said $100 an hour. I got pretty good at quoting jobs. I mean, up to $10,000 I was quoting on jobs. Really? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. But, but, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map right now. Yeah. And I'm, probably I'm for you that big, big companies or like where, where are those $10,000 jobs yeah. coming from? Like, well, they, they are coming from the big companies, Okay, but, you know, uh, but back in 1985 is a hundred dollars an hour. Can I tell you right now, uh, I'm working for 55, $60 an hour sometimes when I sit back and look at what I'm doing, but which is still a good rate, I'm, you know? Yeah, but the jobs I'm doing right now 
are the jobs that I'm going, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. I don't have, my children are all grown up, so I don't have to worry about keeping the food on the table. Uh, we're down to two. So I'm picked, like when I get a call saying, hey, can you do this to that? And I go, yeah, how much money you got? Well, how much <laughs> do you think it's going to cost? Then I throw them a number and usually I, I hit it high and we meet in the middle. I'm happy with my price. But the other thing I can tell you about pricing that I've learned in the past, and it came back from my days when I was paying my way through art school, I was a roofer. And sometimes you had to go and quote on a roofing job and you looked at the roof and went, oh God, I don't want to do that because it's too steep or it's too this, too that. I mean, you can do it, but it's just a pain in the butt. So you look at the job and say, you know what, that's normally, that's a $6,000 job. But when you write in the quote, you put in 10,000 and then you put the quote in. And if the phone rings and the client says, okay, when can you start? They've made it your worth, worth your while, you know what I mean? So instead of uh, doing the quote where everybody else is, you just bump it up because you don't want to do the job. But if you do get the job, then it makes it worth it, worth your while, right? But back to your uh, being uh, quoting, don't be afraid to just throw out the number. Okay. What are they going to do? They're going to look at you and go, with three eyes and go no and then you know just don't don't put all your heart and soul and worries into somebody who's out there to beat you down yeah true you know, they want your talent but they're gonna beat you down so that they win you know truth is just stick to what you you believe in what's worth to you um maybe you can work out a deal where I want, instead of paying me, I want um, royalties, 50%, 50% royalties on, on the book. Okay. So whatever you make, I make half. I mean, that's a possibility too. Yeah. So is that common for you to do, to get like a, a, a percentage, if anything? No, no, I'm, I'm an in and outer. Okay. You know, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. Because what, like I've had people saying, uh, You've got to check in on your limited editions to see what, like I've, I've got a limited edition out in Toronto right now. And, and uh, at the beginning, when we did all this signings and everything, they said, and you have access to our inventory to see that we're up to date with you, you know? So I would actually have to call in and say, well, how many prints have you sold? Like, I don't think like that. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't want to deal with it either. <laughs> no, I think that, like I said, I, um, all through this month of January, I had a different job every day. I was in and out every day and I was getting paid every day because I was dealing with your regular people on the street. I honestly, everything that I was making was off Instagram and off of uh, Facebook. It was just every day, a message. Can you do this? Can you do that? You know, the one thing that I discovered is I can draw dogs. I never, honestly, in my 35 years in the business, nobody picked up the phone and said, hey, Rob, can you do a dog? I've done <laughs> tractors. I've done backhoes. I've done uh, 
three pregnant women in bikinis, just as a joke. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, when I, when I got asked to do uh, these dog drawings, I just said, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. And one dog drawing turned into 17 drawings, 17 yeah. different clients. Okay. So I have, and, a, uh, I have a question about process. Yeah. Um, so say I give out a number and they agree to it and we're both happy and we're like, okay, well, let's work together on this children's book. Do I give them rough sketches before I give them, you know, like full blown color you know, illustrations or how does that process work? Okay. So what you need to do is once you've agreed on a price, you need to get a down payment. Okay. You need to get a down payment because some people will say, hey, listen, let's just see how this sells and then and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> no, 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 don't go there. I mean, I always go to, um, there's an old hockey coach from the Philadelphia from yesteryear. And he, um, the difference between commitment and and contribution is like bacon and eggs. When it comes to bacon and eggs, who makes the contribution and who makes the commitment? That's my question to you. Who makes the commitment when the, when it comes to making bacon and eggs? Who makes the commitment? Who makes the contribution? Ooh, what do you mean? Chicken? Oh, the chicken. Well, the chicken okay. Or the pig? Who makes the commitment? They both do. No. Okay. The chicken gets the the chicken gets to fire an egg out of its butt. Oh, okay. What does the pig do? He makes a commitment. Oh. And that's where you've got to, that's where you've got to be. You've got to tell that uh, client that you're the only one who's committed here. You follow me? Unless they buck up the first 30%. Like this job that I'm on here is a $20,000 job. I've requested uh, $6,500 down payment, which apparently is coming in the mail. But <laughs> I'm, I'm on this, I'm a trusting sort too. Me I, too. Well, I'm dealing with a bank institution. If they're going to screw me, holy smoke. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. Did I do these drawings before I got the check? Yeah. So I'll, I'm a bit of a clown. Okay. So <laughs> maybe I'm not walking the walk I should, but you, you guys understand that your skill, you are a talent and don't let anybody walk on you. Okay. So get a deposit. 30% is a pretty good deposit for, for someone to get started. Yeah. And then do, so do you give them a time deadline too? Like say I'll, I'll be done in two weeks or two months or what, what's a good timeline for you and how, like how quick or how much are you booked out? Like, does it vary? Like I have so many questions. <laughs> well, actually this particular job would take me, I'm thinking, well, because of all the confusion, it's going to probably take me a couple of days to figure things out because uh, to, to my, uh, well, that way, I don't know if it's left or right. That's the problem <laughs> with being an artist. You don't know what, which way you're coming or going. But to, my, to this side here, I've got a huge whiteboard sitting there, and it's rather daunting when you look at a big whiteboard. Um, and you know that there's going to be, a lot of stuff going on in that and a lot of stuff that you may not even understand. And that's the worrisome part is you like to go into everything with a game plan. You know, you, you, you plan the work, you work the plan. Right. And, but in this situation, I'm looking at this huge whiteboard, 
but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to take me three weeks. Now, a lot of you guys are sitting back going, yeah, three weeks, man, 20 grand. That's wow. That's not too shabby. And it is not too shabby, but you've got to uh, realize that I'm probably putting my 35 years of uh, screw ups. Oh yeah. That I've done in the past. And uh, I'm going into that Rolodex in my head going, you remember that time back in 1997 when you, yeah, well, these are the kind of things that I can, that they call it wisdom and <laughs> other people call them screw ups, but wisdom comes from screw ups, I guess. But um, yeah, do I have an actual job list? Honestly, I have three jobs on the perimeter. If you know what I mean by perimeter, they're, they're there. I've got them, but can I get to them yet? No, the first things first is the job that I'm doing. So if you are actually cutting out some time for that person, you need to be clear. Communication is huge. Communication verbally sucks. Communication in writing never forgets. So everything <laughs> of your concerns, any of your concerns, you write it down. Write anything that's coming to your mind that you think that might become a gray area or a problem area, you write it all down. Once you've figured everything out, put it into a form of a letter. And guess what? You've got a record. They've got a record so that they said, but, 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 hey, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. Page two, second paragraph. Check it out. You know, so you've got, you've got everything on paper so that you know that moving forward, you feel, you got to feel comfortable about what you're doing, right? Yeah. And truth is, once they buck up that 30%, you're in. You know what I mean? You're in. They, they've, they've already said, hey, I'm committed. There's my 30%. Now you're, you've got to buck up and do your end. But also make it so that there is pay coming as you go. Nothing worse than at the end of your job, you've got to pay or chase somebody for the money. And I think every artist that's on here right now has had to chase somebody at some point at some time, you know, and I'm just saying that we need to cover our butts with everything that we do, because the problem is guys, we're, we're not really, really appreciated in the big spectrum of things. I mean, sure. If you look at all history, history shows how much artists have formed, formed the world the way it is today. Uh, I mean, we were drawing pictures before we were watching movies or taking photos. We were drawing pictures. We were cavemen, you know, get Grog to do it. He knows how to draw a hippo, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we are, we are special in what we do, but why is it that everybody thinks that we should be down here at the pay scale when we should be up here somewhere? Because we're giving you something unique, something from me. Yeah. Yeah, raise Go the roof. Woo, woo, Rob. Cheerleading yeah. for Go all of us. Ceiling settle. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I'm probably all over the board on everybody. Sorry. No, I love it. I, this is really great. And I think this is going to be a really great conversation for anybody, you know, looking to illustrate something because I know that a lot of artists, I know that uh, Rayanne, she's in the Artist Academy Advance. She just commented on here that she just has a opportunity to possibly do a book as well. So she's super glad for this conversation as, as am I and anybody yeah. who might I get this. It is important. 
it has to be important that uh, <coughs> make sure that communication is there. Um, another another term to remember is attention to details. You need to be really really clear on everything um, because those little those little things. You know, when you're signing a contract, they always say look at look at the little print. The big print's there, but watch the little print. Always make sure you read the little print too before you you sign on for it. But in our particular situation, the minute that you you, you buck up, I'm I'm there, I'm I'm solid, and and that's that's the good start. But I mean, once you do make your contract, I mean, contracts are can be written on a napkin, you know. Um, but in your case. You're doing a book. Are, are you thinking of even beyond you even picking up your first paintbrush or anything? Ha, have you thought about residuals? Have you thought about royalties on that book? Have you thought about that? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I just, I guess, but I'm more of, I don't know. I'd, I would rather just get paid and then move on kind of a thing. But I guess right. royalties could be a good, a good thing. Well, let's say that you've, Let's say that book is uh, a bestseller. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, Ooh, like, true. I'm gonna do this book called Wizard of Oz. I don't know, you know, it's about Tin Man and, and some <laughs> silly book. idea. But, you know, you do all the illustrations. I do know that. Uh, uh, I hate to use that book, but I'm just trying to think in in our conversation. But if you do a book that really has um, nail quality, you know, like where you've nailed it. And it's selling millions. You're going to be sitting back going, huh? Give you an example. What about the girl that designed the Nike swoosh? She got paid $35. <laughs> but you know what? You no, know what Nike did a couple of years later. I don't know the full story. Um, I'm sort of like those guys who sit around the fire and talk about stories. This could be a myth or you can Google it. But this girl only got paid $35 for the original logo for the swoosh. Uh, a few years later, four years later, Nike came back to her and gave her stock. Oh, and, that's awesome. Uh, so she she wound up doing very, very well, stock options and everything, because they looked back and went, well, geez, you know. But truth is, not too many clients out there um, think like that. They They think about the win. They think about, I'm going to win. It's their loss. So getting back to your book, it sells a million and you had a chance to get a million, uh, a million book royalty. Wow. That that's a big hit for you as a loss because you know, we're all artists. We're geniuses. You know, you got to think you got to have a high feeling about yourself that you're a genius, even though a lot of your friends don't think you're, you, you can rub two nickels together, you know, that, that kind of thing you've got to think like you're a genius. Like uh, what's the high end of this? If this book does sell, uh, I need to think about a royalty, you know, okay. uh, look at the guys in the movie business, like Tom Cruise, uh, aside from owning his own production company, he's a lot of actors will say, I, hey, listen, I'm going to waive my, uh, my acting fee and I want a piece of the action. So Jodie Foster, uh, Silence of the Lambs. She took a piece of the action. I think she did okay. I think she did okay too. Uh, what's a what's think, a uh, standard percentage that you I should ask? Percentage for? of royalty? 
the way that I, okay, so here you go. This, this could be here, this could be here. Um, I think that the royalty is based on five to 8%. Five to 8%, so okay. If, if the book is selling for, let's just use the term a buck, that's, that's the starting price, not what the stores will sell it for. It's what the book sells for. So it's the profit, the profit of the book, or is it the revenue of the book? It's the, it's the um, you're making on how many books are sold. So okay. let, I, I'm only using the word dollar just to keep things simple. Okay. It could be an $8 book, $9 book. And so, okay, if you got a $10 book and you're, um, you're getting 5%, right? You, you already know you're getting 50 cents a book, right? Right? It does not work out. My math sucks, but yeah. 5% of $10 yeah. is 50 cents, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, they sell a million books times 50. You've made a half a million dollars. That's what I mean, right? Okay. I like this. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, so, the person... You, you've just you've reminded me of a story that just happened before... Christmas. Um, I did a painting of a hockey player, but it was a caricature and it was a fun piece, whimsical. And I, I have a local bar that's allowed me to use uh, their walls as my gallery, which if you guys know anybody in the bar industry, which is tough with COVID, I know with the COVID going on, but I've gotten so much work from just that local bar, um, just hanging my originals on the wall. I mean, sure, I've got originals in my studio here, but honestly, um, the wall at the bar is huge. Anyways, I get this call from a guy who lives about an hour's drive from here. He says, I got a terrific proposal for you, blah, blah, blah. And it's to do with the, the, the painting that you did on the wall at that bar. And I'm like, okay, so he was in my town, but he's an hour away. But he knew a lot of people that I knew, so I felt comfortable driving one hour to find out what this guy wants. And it's going to be a, a hockey-related piece. I went to his office, walked into his, his, his boardroom, and they had my artwork of the hockey player on the wall with this design around it. And it was um, literally somebody that was in the bar took a picture on the cell phone and took it back to their studio, blew up the picture. It was an awful picture, by the way. But they made it into a poster. They made it into a, a sized poster. And I looked at it and went, that's mine. And they said, yeah, yeah, well, we, we want to make this pitch to you. We want to make sure that you're, you're comfortable with it. And by the way, we've already got the uh, National Hockey League has approved it. And the NHL Players Association has approved it. Such and such. Boom, all these names rattled off. And I'm going, cool. Okay, so what are we doing? He says, well, we're going to take this poster and we're going to frame it. And we're going to sell it to all these um, retail places for $20. These are $20 you're going to see this. It's framed. Inside there is your art and everything like that. And we sell it to them. And I went, great. And he says, but, but. The, the great part is, is that we've got everybody in line. The NHL's already said, yeah, let's do it. Well, we're in COVID world. Everybody wants to do everything because they're starving. 
And so I'm sitting, so I'm listening to them and everything. And I'm, then I pipe up the question. Well, uh, okay, we got $20 here. So how do we, uh, how do we divide that 20 up? Like who's getting what, where and why? And he says, well, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. Um, the NHL gets 10%. The NHL Players Association gets 10%. You get 5%. Oh, thank so you. I'm immediately sitting there going, wait a second, man. I am the guy. I am the guy who's the genesis. I'm the genesis. I'm, I'm like, uh, you haven't gotten nothing unless I do something. So you're giving me 5%. So I'm sitting there looking at him across the table going, all right, so let me figure this out. Uh, 10 they're getting, those guys are getting $2 each for that this, this print that you're showing me. And they're not doing anything. They're just, they're like the doorman getting tipped as, as you're going through, you know, you show your ID, slip them, slip them a few bucks, you're in, you're in the show, right? Well, and I'm sitting back going, Okay, I'm making a buck a piece, and I'm thinking, well, geez, you know, if they sell a million, I make a million bucks. That that's what goes through your mind, right? But as the negotiations kept going, he wanted me to do six illustrations of six different NHL players with no money. Like this was like, what did he call it? Uh, it's uh, no gain, no glory, or what do you call it? Like risk. No risk, no reward. Yeah. Like, so the whole thing was thrown on to me, Mr. Genesis here, to do six illustrations. And and what happens if they don't sell one? I'm sitting on six illustrations that are going nowhere. There's no, there was no commitment. I told him, I said, you got to give me a deposit of, of something on each illustration. Uh, it's got to be a thousand dollars minimum. No, we can't do that. We can't. I said, well, you, you don't have me then. You don't have me. And honestly, I left that place. See, a lot of us artists will walk and then come back. Go, oh, I need the work. I need. Don't, don't do that, man. Then they've really got you. You know, just like the fishermen, they got you. Don't, don't do that, man. You got to stand up. Stand up for what you believe. And honestly, that was a horrible deal. And I'm sure a few of you guys are going, no kidding, buddy. But <laughs> the fact is, is that that was presented to me. Whether I got 35 years in the business or not, that was thrown at me thinking that I was going to bite. And I'm not biting. And they called me back and said, let's revisit this. And I'm going, well, those numbers are going to have to change or there's not going to be a revisit. And as a matter of fact, you're coming my way. You know, yeah, I'm not trying to. He's coming my way. And I'm not trying to come across like an arrogant dickhead. It's just the fact that when you've been in the business long enough, you can sniff those guys out. Well, obviously, it took me an hour drive to get the scent, but <laughs> I figured it out pretty quick in the boardroom. You know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't particularly. I, I've actually got the poster here in the house, but I'd have to walk through the house to get it to show you what I mean. But it's. Yeah. It's in my uh, shop downstairs. So, but 
Um, yeah, <laughs> you got to value what you do, guys. Just value what you do. Okay, yeah. So what I'm gathering from this is, you know, value what you do. Possibly get a royalty if it's available. Have everything in writing. So, like, if I talk to someone on the phone, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> yeah. If I talk to someone on the phone, send them a follow-up email saying all the all the things that we talked about, all the concerns and everything. Get everything written, in writing. Written, 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 written. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because I don't really live by those rules. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, well, I can, you can sniff I can them tell out, you though. That, you know? It's not like I'm a government worker where everything is forensic. I mean, sometimes a handshake or looking at a, a guy in the eye you you know it's a deal but the number one deal is the deposit anyway because if you've got a, a client that isn't willing to pass on a, a, like to step forward to show their commitment back to the pig again remember so they've got to commit they got to be a pig they got to step up put the money in and uh you know what i'm a pig too <laughs> okay and we're in True. we're both in okay so you mentioned um like with payment. So say you're halfway done or say you're 90% done. Do you collect another payment or do you just wait till the end? Well, I'm an in and outer again, once again. Uh, <laughs> let's stick to this job that I'm on right now. Okay. Uh, the way that it's designed is that once um, I've started, okay, I'm going to be starting this job. The, the checks in the mail, as we all know, that's not truth, right? But anyways, the check <laughs> is apparently in the mail. And so now I'm starting the job. Once I have completed the job, they have to pay me uh, another $6,000, right? Then once I've had it photographed or whatever the agreement is to have the artwork photographed or scanned and framed and you bring in the finished package, then your, your final payment of $8,000 is waiting for you at the office. So you don't have to chase them down. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's, that's that way you've, you've put basically it's like a COD thing. Now the, the, the other thing about this that I haven't even touched on, is that over the years it, being an artist, the one thing I discovered, and a lot of you guys will agree, is that when you do a job for somebody and you're making, let's just use the term, I'm making $200 for this drawing, but they also want it framed. So you take it to your framer and the framer charges you $130. So now that job has become $330, but I'm sitting there looking going, this picture framer just did this in one day. This took me two and a half days and they almost made the same amount as me. So what I did was I looked into the picture framing industry and then I realized, you know, innocence baffles brains. Like we on the outside public, when we get a picture frame, like these things on the wall in the background, those are all picture frames, but uh, this one right here with the white, I, I'm, I'm going to say that's worth 80 or $90 in a, in a art store. They're going to charge you 80, 90, $90. I found out that that is $13 worth of material. So $13 worth of material. 
okay? We're talking uh, $77 out there. And I'm fully aware of bricks and mortar. You know, they have to pay for their, their rent. They have to this, that, the lighting and everything. But I was thinking, wow, um, I'm, I was realizing that my picture framer was making almost the same amount of money as me. So what happens if uh, uh, these 57 people that I'm illustrating in this uh, artwork, what happens if 54 of them want a copy of that? So that's in this deal too. If they want a copy of what I'm doing, it's $250 a frame print. That includes your G clay print, your framing and everything. But you know what? The cost, the cost is one third of $250. Yeah, so you're but saying do more in-house. Right, so if I do, let's say I do 50 at 250. I don't know what the math is. Sounds like a, sounds like 10 grand to me, 10, 10, 11 grand. But that is the fact. Uh, so what I decided to do a few years ago was, I don't know if you have Kijiji in the States. No. It's like, a, it's like an eBay or it's like a, you can go to that site and it's got people unloading stuff. And what I did was I just put in picture framing equipment and everything that I have in my shop downstairs is from Kijiji, which is, you know, going to a buddy saying, he says, well, that, uh, that saw there is worth 3,500. And I said, well, I've only got 1,500 in my wallet. Okay, that'll do. Okay. That's the kind of the negotiating you do. But I literally have a basement with a computerized mat cutting machine. That cost me $6,500. But its original price was $18,000. So here, here we go again. I get thrown this computerized um, mat cutter, and I can't even get you on Instagram. You know, what I mean? know. So, okay, so my next I'm, question I'm is, like, how do you get yeah. those images online? Then how, how do you get those images scanned and sent in? Do you do, you do that yourself? Or no, I actually I go to a service bureau, because it's, because it's out of my realm, or I, let's just say I choose to, to stick to what I know, mm -hmm. instead of trying to uh, grow my horizons. Sometimes that's difficult for me because I might have to do two, three, four times to get it right. I'm not one of those guys that's Mr. Quick, you know, like, yeah, learn it once, never forget. Well, no, every now and then, you know, I got to get hit in the side of the head to remember it again. So what I do is I surround myself with the best people. So there is a, a fellow in town that does the best scans. So I hire him. How much does, do they cost? In, well, my average has been between $75 and $150. And that really Her. is determined on the size of the artwork and um, how much he, think he thinks he can get away with. Okay. okay. So like, we'll say, say I do this children's book and I do 20 different small paintings and those need to be scanned. Mm -hmm. What, what kind of cost am I looking at with that? Once again, it all comes down to who you're dealing with in the scanning business. They might have a set rate. They'll look at your artwork and say, 
well, your work is 14 inches by 17 inches. And they'll go into the little black book and say 14 by 17. That'll cost you $38. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So these are the things that, like, if you're actually negotiating with this person right now, that is details to follow, that they have to be aware that if you're actually going to undertake the scanning and everything within your price, that means that you're now overseeing your product. You're actually hiring people under your watch, under your wallet, which in the end should be reimbursed to you by your client. But okay. even if you do that stuff, Andrea, don't be afraid to bump it up. Okay. Because that's your time, your effort, and you're the expert. So that when you actually see the expert that has done the scanning, it better be to your standards. So that causes a cost incurred. Okay, yeah. You gotta be, I have someone you in mind. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta keep it, yeah, but you gotta keep it try to keep it wide open for the clients. Like if they're so fixated on I've only got a thousand dollars to work with, you gotta say, Well, a thousand dollars will only get you this far. Okay. And that's the truth. It'll get you this far. So that you gotta almost fedicate them. I call them fedicate. You gotta feed them. You gotta feed them with information on what you want. So fedicate them. How are you getting these illustration jobs? So how how did you get them in the beginning of your art career and how are you getting them now? Uh well I like every every kid graduating from school, you you have a portfolio case and it's full of images that you created in your four years. And uh, uh, do you remember earlier I talked about that big conversation in the last year, how much to charge an hour? Well, another conversation was what to put in your portfolio case. Are you going to put in all the one, all the pieces of artwork that got you an A, a B or C? Well, if you've got any C's in there, get rid of those C's right away. <laughs> okay. Because and you take this portfolio around and you show it to people online or in person or how? Yeah, see, but, but, but that's me uh, back in 1985. This was before internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we were, two feet in a heartbeat in a big portfolio case that usually hit the ground if you didn't keep your arm crooked up like this, right? I, I even rode my 10-speed bicycle to a job interview. I, I do remember that, and I, I don't recommend that, especially on a windy day with a portfolio case. You know, there are some scenes from Superman in, in that, that episode <laughs> to get to that, that agency. But um, back in those days, we, we were portfolio, and... Um, Belonging to little clubs, that was another thing that got interesting. I somehow hooked up into a, 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 a cartoonist group. And in that cartoonist group was one of Canada's number one cartoonists um, in the newspaper industry. And he saw my work at the cartoonist club. And I get a phone call from the Toronto Sun newspaper in, in Toronto. And to make a long story short, they gave me a job as a sports cartoonist in their department and all through just belonging to a group. So roll the clock forward. We're now in an online world. Everybody's latching on to everybody, as I can see. So I, I think latching on to as many groups as possible, especially the like-minded people, you're in business that way. 
that that now this is going back to the 80s um just when your work does start to get out there that's when the phone starts to ring you know little dribs little drabs and you know but that's exactly what happened and the other thing that i wasn't afraid to do was reach out to people when i uh, for example i heard that this hockey celebrity named don cherry was uh going to write a book and i thought i want to do his book cover so i literally sourced him out and um sent him a package of my work oh i love and that i can still remember i can still remember coming home and turning on my answering machine and Hello, Rob McDougal. This is Don Cherry here. Uh, I really like your stuff. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I got oh, Don Cherry. Holy <laughs> smoke. And you know what happened from that, though? I never did his cover. I wound up working on his television show, uh, doing caricatures of the guests on his show. So that, you know, when they went to like, we're going to have Andrea up next, right after this commercial. And then when they would go to the commercial, there's this big full color caricature of you and your smile is about this big. Eh? I, I can see it right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd have some fun with your smile. But yeah, I mean, I'd have all these players in the, uh, in the floater going to the commercial. From that show, I got a, a job from the Hockey News, which is like the Bible of the hockey world. It's a newspaper that girl, goes worldwide. I get a call from their editor. They say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Yes. Yes, I they can. Say yes, especially, <laughs> especially if it's in, your, it's in your realm and you understand it, you know? And so that, Very that's cool. how I started out. Um, but I'm so learning. Like, I, I'm an old codger. I, I'm, I'm learning what's going on out there. I'm f understanding followers and, I'm, and do this and do that. But, but I... On Once the gram, again, I, yeah. Um, so, I, like, I noticed that you have seventy thousand followers. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, think about it. Go to go to a football game. I think about and that. Look around sometimes. that stadium. Yeah. That is. That's what you're doing. It's crazy. crazy. So I not to interrupt you, and I could really talk for with you for forever, but it will it'll kick us off automatically after about an hour, and so we have about one minute <laughs> to wrap it up. Are you serious? It's been an hour I didn't realize already. It was that fast. Okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> We've been on live for uh, just almost just right at an hour. So if you could just maybe quickly in our last minute give anybody some advice on how to get started. There's a lot of artists out there who who just bear their babies in, in the art world. They're just just starting their art career and they want to know how to get started as an illustrator. Well, the key is you need feedback. If you think you, if you think you're going in the right direction, the only way that you're going to know is to draw it and post it, draw it. And yeah. It. And, and ask, ask for feedback, ask for fee, always ask for feedback. Me, I don't actually, I don't ask for feedback because I'm loved and I'm hated. It doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> so you got to have, you got to have skin this thick, but True. throw yourself out there, make the people give you the feedback that you need. Some people are going to say they love you. Some people are going to be honest with you and say that sucks because the keyboard creates a lot of um, tough guys, you know, and tough people out there. But the fact is get it out there, get the feedback, read it all, take it in, keep working hard, Keep focusing on what you love to do. And honestly, I, I don't know any other thing that I would ever want to do. I made the right choice when I was born. 
to be an artist. Oh, I love that you said that. I love everything. That's such a mic drop moment too. You're like, done. (laughs) I love it. Well, um, all all of our technical difficulties have definitely been worth it. And as I knew they would be, uh, you were highly, highly recommended and you definitely delivered. I think this this is a perfect conversation. You did amazing too. And I I know that so many people. Uh, Look me up sometime. No worries. I keep an eye on you there. I'm following you. Okay. I'm following you too. (laughs) All right. Have a great Monday. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Take care. All right. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week.